The top opinions expressed in the following show are solely those of the hosts and their guests and not those of W4CY Radio, its employees, or affiliates. We make no recommendations or endorsements for radio show programs, services, or products mentioned on air or on our web. No liability, explicit or implied, shall be extended to W4CY Radio or its employees or affiliates. Any questions or comments should be directed to those show hosts. Thank you for choosing W4CY Radio. Hey, welcome back to another episode of the Geek Skeezers and Googleization Show. I'm your host, Ira Wolf, and I'm with my co-host, Keith Campagna, and our sponsors today are Jobvite and Success Performance Solutions. Our guest this week is Karen Young from HR Resolutions. Karen and I go back a few years. We met uh, maybe 10, maybe 15 years ago. We'll have to kind of recoup that through a mutual friend, and and we've been... uh, doing some work together ever since. We're going to be hitting on a bunch of topics, but giving some special attention to that dreaded job description. Uh, so before we get to Karen, Keith, how are you doing today? What's cooking? Uh, I know it's uh, pretty pretty cold out there. <laughs> yeah, we're definitely getting swamped with the uh, the cold weather here. Uh, the polar vortex. Really well. huh? <laughs> the polar vortex. You should have done your uh, California this week. I know it. <laughs> I know it. I have a, a colleague of mine who went out to California, and I believe she was whistling as her kitchen door closed. She was done. <laughs> She's out. Yeah. So tell. We, we didn't get a whole lot of time last week, but I know yeah. you you've been busy since uh, you're back. Um, yeah. What's some of the new exciting things going on, or what you learned out at uh, your your meeting last week? Yeah. No. I mean, the the, the reality is is that Jobvite. I'm I'm really happy to say is is really poised to have uh, an even better 2019. We finished the year best ever in the history of the organization in terms of net new clients as well as uh, increase in revenue. It must so be from been, all the business they're getting from the Geek Skeezers and Googleization you show, know, right? It's a home run. <laughs> yeah. Give you and me a microphone, and then uh, the revenue just comes in on the other side. It's been working. The, uh, the uh, you know, There's a couple things going on here. Uh, last week, I did that my LifeWork integration webinar right. yep. that went through the Bank 7 organization. And it was pretty cool. It was, you know, it's really hard going from being on a stage to talking to my computer without having any kind of resonance. It, it's very hard with, with that yeah. feedback and yeah. Yeah, body language and observation is yep. important. Yep, yep. But uh, it was a success. Uh, things right now, the projects, it seems like everybody is full swing back to work. So a lot of those uh, projects that took the holidays off are now kicking up. So it's pretty exciting to see, uh, as it turns out, everyone is still trying to figure out how to build their talent pipeline and the levels of frustration. And I would even use the word, uh, the, the term maybe desperation is is becoming more and more obvious to more and more people that I speak with. It's it's pretty nuts out there. What are you, what have you been up to? Well, I've just been busy. Uh, you know, the last two months I haven't traveled. Uh, it starts It starts again next week. I'm uh, going to be in Atlanta, Leadership Lat- Atlanta, uh, closing keynote at their uh, Innovation Summit. Uh, and thanks uh, to one of our guests and an introduction you made, new, you made to the show and to me, which is uh, Robbie Goulry from Engage Talent. So he reached out and going to be down there and just got invited to speak. Uh, well, you know, I was already doing the Sherm Talent and Sherm National uh, yep. and got invited to do uh, Sherm Northeast PA 
the day after, uh, got invited somewhere the day before. So that'll that's in April. That'll be a busy week. We'll we'll have to work out the logistics for the show again, as usual. Yep. Uh, yep. But now it'll be uh, busy doing uh, Lehigh Valley, uh, Sherm, talking about predictive analytics in just a few weeks, uh, beginning yep. of March. So I think you got that one on your calendar. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Good. I, I've been I've just been uh, you know because I I didn't I didn't have to travel I've been doing a lot of fix up of, of the website uh, we changed uh, marketing companies and uh, you know just trying to get things in order but one of the, you know one of the things I've been thinking of um, and we just mentioned a couple of the guests I mean we mentioned Robbie uh, just two weeks ago we had Kevin Grossman from the Talent Board and we got you know excited to they to the uh, the uh, 2018 uh, Talent Board report should be out. Pretty soon. Yep. Uh, yeah, I think he said the end of the month. So that'll be good to, to see what comes out of there. Uh, next week, we got David Searns uh, from Haley Marketing. Uh, does a lot of work with a really, really progressive group. They do a lot of work with staffing associations, uh, staffing firms. Uh, so we talk about that. Uh, coming up, we've got, uh, following that, we got Venkat, I hope I say his last name, Venkat Jenapardi uh, from Jobiak. And uh, they're doing they, – they've got a really great uh, solution to the uh, Google for Jobs, you know, problem that companies are having, not getting posted. And I just did an audit this week, uh, actually all weekend. I spent a ton of time. It was a, uh, a regional uh, healthcare group, and uh, they're having trouble finding people. And did, did the audit, went through their application. Can't wait to talk to Karen about some of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they had 48 required fields on their <laughs> – job application uh, actually on uh, it, it, 48 to 50 I sort of lost count um, but a lot of the a lot of those required questions the logic just wasn't there because it would say you know it, it's like if you ask a question do you have yes or no and then it says well if yes please answer this question well you can't make that question required <laughs> is what if somebody wanted to answer no or, or the yeah. opposite you know the opposite um, and and a lot of these positions were for you know associates. So you're right. I mean, it's getting a lot tougher out there. As as we've talked about so often on the show, the uh, it it it's bad. You know, finding good talent stuff enough, but companies make it so much harder. They so. do. They don't. It's 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 always interesting to learn from. You know, once I get introduced to new companies and we get under the cover. To just learn what has been, um, let's just say, ignored, right? Because you, you look at people who you talk to, and I'm sure Karen could could certainly support this when she comes on, but they wonder why they're not getting any results, but they haven't been able to get out of their daily activities long enough to actually fix some of the elements that's going on. And, you, and now they're sitting there scratching their heads, wondering how fast can they get uh, the technology implemented and they're just blown away with the the amount of information that they they could be getting as compared yeah. to what they have. Yeah, we and we lined up a, a another guest. Uh, I talked to him this morning, Jeff Gotthold. Uh, he has a he has a book called Sense and Purpose. But uh, he 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 came from technology, uh, software development. Um, he actually lives over in uh, Barcelona now. So we were talking. I was talking to him this morning. Um, but he's a big proponent on agile HR. Um, you know, agile is the new buzz uh, of a sense, but you know, I think uh, just the having that agility. But he he was talking about. Um, I'm just going to read this because I pulled this from one of his articles. Um, the path to success these days is short cycles, regular reflection, 
and course correction based on evidence collected no, during whatever process you're using. HR regularly works in annual or at best quarterly cycles. Yep. And and beyond that, the, you know, the data, I mean, HR has so much data. I'm, I'll be talking about this at that Lehigh Valley uh, presentation in just a few weeks. Um, you know, but it's, it's, it's no... Nobody's really using it for predictive analytics. Uh, people no. are are using are are basically using a lot of the data for reporting. I, I do like you. I do see some of that changing, but uh, it's sort of like, you know, candidates and employers are ships passing in the nights <laughs> as we as we oh, go yeah. there. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, yep. things are busy, but uh, yeah, Jeff's going to be on uh, hopefully by you know the end of February or so. So, I, you know, but what I started to say sort of took a big detour around there. We've we've really met a lot of good people and we're having an opportunity to meet a lot of good people and more and more topics. Uh, um, had an interview this morning with the cornerstone, uh, for an upcoming article on learning. Uh, and, uh, you know, where learning's going, micro learning, uh, uh, augmented reality, virtual mm -hmm. reality. Um, and, uh, so ho hopefully I'll be, we'll be able to get somebody on there to talk about what the future of learning is going to be. We had Danny Inney, and we just put up, uh, I just got his blog, his uh, uh, podcast and blog put yep. up and uh, talked to him, uh, email exchange this morning. And, uh, you know, yesterday I just got a, you know, we talked about is, is college degree, our college degree is really a good hiring criteria anymore and how education's changing. And last night, the, you know, pretty late at night, but I got a tweet. Um, there was some publication that said that, um, a lot of colleges are extending their deadline dates for admissions because they can't, they're not getting enough submissions, especially yeah. at the higher price private schools. Yep. And uh, that's something that I know just from my own conversations with regards to the recruitment world, the higher education industry is looking at a massive enrollment issue these next couple of years based off of the idea that way back in 2008 through 2010, nobody really wanted to start a family. So you have a uh, yeah. gap of not only is are the education uh, universities and colleges having to deal with the idea that people aren't sure about their return on investment, but they're actually having a similar challenge to the modern day business recruitment world, and that is that there aren't enough people yep. to well, satisfy their before. budgets. I mean, you're in the Gen X, you know, Generation X that half as many, um, the population's about half the size of, of uh, baby boomers and half the size of millennials. So this next generation may be a bit smaller. So, I'm going yeah, to get, I'm gonna have to get um, Michael over at Rutgers. I'm going to be, uh, uh, I think I mentioned this to you last time, I'm going to be on a panel in March down at the uni Rutgers University. And uh, I'm going to have to get Michael on the on the podcast so we could talk about what the, the universities are, are thinking about. Yeah. Oh, that'd be great. Yeah, that'd be a great follow-up. So, yeah. But let's get back on track here. Uh, hey, just want to let everybody know you're listening to the Geek Skeezers and Googleization show. We are live on W4CY.com. Um, I guess you don't need that if you're already listening, but <laughs> for, for the future. <laughs> uh, if you got a question uh, about the future of work, recruitment, hiring, give us a call. Um, love to hear from you. To ask, uh, we're going to bring on Karen in just a minute. If you have some, some qu HR questions, especially about job descriptions or anything related to HR, uh, give us a, a call. We'll, we'll do our best to, to get you a good answer or, or get you to the right place. Uh, you can call 561-623-9429. That's 561-623-9429. So let's get back to Karen. 
Karen has a company called uh, HR Resolutions. She's been in HR for a while. We'll get a little bit more history on that. Uh, she works with uh, quite a few companies, mostly small, medium-sized businesses, but I know there's a few large ones there. She got a, Her book has got a great title, Stop Knocking on My Door, Drama-Free HR to Help Grow Your Business. Uh, so we'll, we're going to talk about how to have a, a get drama-free. And she also talks about, I, I, I like this phrase, and, and it's going to be one of the first questions. It's a primer for the accidental HR manager. So we're going to find out what an accidental HR manager is. I think I have a uh, theory about that. Yeah. Uh, she's, she's actually happily married to Barry. I've met Barry, super nice guy, for <laughs> almost uh, half a quarter century, we'll say. And, uh, and, and she's an avid um, mother of greyhounds, <laughs> a parent of, no, no, mother, but a parent of <laughs> some racing greyhounds, uh, lover of her life. So, hey, welcome, Karen. Hey, thanks. Good afternoon, everybody. So good. Good to have you. Dental HR person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, well, I know there's two of us in here. If that we're in this space, that mine was certainly <laughs> accidental that I got in this space, and I know Keith as well. Uh, yeah, right. Yeah, so, yep. so what is the Keith, accidental? You said you thought you had. Okay. Go ahead, Keith Karen. Keith said he thought he had an idea. Keith, what do you think an accidental HR person is? Well, shooting from the hip here, my experience, and and I've been just so you know, Karen, That's I've been probably selling it, shooting from the hip. <laughs> right. Well, it's it's this idea that mo I I I I hesitate to say hesitate to say these terms, but it seems to me anymore that most well, most people in HR got there by getting a admin type role within the HR department, and then just through maybe evolution of need versus uh, maybe being the one person who picked the shortest straw, their HR responsibilities grew without them having any true HR strategic training or awareness. Whereas you have people come in with financial training to go into finance, operational training that go into operations. Uh, HR seems to be that thing where you can, that, that, that component of modern day business where you could actually get promoted throughout the ranks, up the ranks, without having too much more intent of being in HR. You're just kind of the person there. How'd I do? You are you are spot on for, for one side of it. And the other side of it, in the smaller companies, um, in a physician's office or in a smaller company where the office manager or the controller or the doctor ends up because there's nobody else around to handle all of that confidential stuff. I love it when it goes to the controllers because they handle the payroll and all that other private stuff, so they might as well get HR. Mm -hmm. Well, <laughs> finance people generally aren't people people. They like numbers, and that's great because that's what they're good at. It's the accidental HR person that just, by golly, they are stuck with it. <laughs> Hey. Or, as Keith said, they've grown up through the company, not necessarily a formal education or formal training or formal certification in HR. So they, they kind of know what they're doing, but Dr. Google might help them out a lot of times instead of their own knowledge and abilities. So that's the accidental HR person. Yeah, so, uh, you know, I, I guess, and I maybe I just overlooked it, but I know there's a lot of uh, schools uh, that now have HR degrees. 
Uh, in fact, mm-hmm. when I was down in, uh, when I was living in Maryland for a few years, I actually uh, taught at Salisbury University and, and started, mm-hmm. they, I started a program. I mean, we had, uh, it was strategic staffing. I didn't start the program, but they had the program, mm-hmm. but we, we, uh, I started a strategic, um, it was called strategic uh, staffing. That was the course. And it was okay. fun. It was, it was a lot of fun. Uh, but th- that's pretty recent. Um, am I right? I mean, you've been in the, in the, in this, oh, space, in this field a lot longer than I have. So. Back in the dark days, uh, when I graduated from undergraduate, there was no such thing as even a personnel major. My undergraduate was in business administration and psychology. And, and that seemed, as the psychology seemed to be the, uh, the space mm-hmm. that maybe a lot of HR people in, but not, not a lot of business. Yes. I mean, it, no, people, it, no. it, it was sort of the opposite. If, if you were interested, mm-hmm. you know, if you had math and science, you went to business. And if you just liked people and you sort of had a social mm-hmm. science degree, you either went into social work or HR. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, or if you liked people. You know, if, if if you liked, you know, you liked working with people, you went to HR and then you found that yourself, you were buried in, uh, in payroll and benefits <laughs> and, and conflict resolution, right? <laughs> and found out you didn't like people. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, oh, my God. Did you have a question? Were you gonna yeah, well, I was going to say uh, a lot has changed in the last couple of years where we're really <sighs> seeing the the need for a strategic um, mm-hmm. uh, HR partner. Uh, I, I've come across some, some reading books now and, and the, the idea that's been, was promoted maybe 10 years ago where that, that says HR needs to sit next to the CEO. It seems mm-hmm. like now the very, um, now I'll call them progressive companies, but mm-hmm. the, the initial the initial experiment of bringing HR to the executive suite didn't really mm-hmm. do that well. Uh, it feels it like there was it an did. awful lot of minutia that everyone got stuck in. And, but mm-hmm. now it seems like because of this talent marketplace supply and demand challenge, Karen, everybody is is trying to figure out how to get HR more, I guess, to the front of the of the the front office. Does that make sense? I still. It does. It does. And I still remember when I was a rookie in my profession, looking at the vice president of operations and saying, I want to go out in the warehouse and I want to learn how to load a truck. Mm-hmm. And he looked at me like I had two heads. So why in the world would you want to do that? And I said, if I'm going to be recruiting people for you, I need to understand what they do. I need to have a better understanding. I need, and I learned by touching and feeling and doing so I needed to really grasp, and even within the profession of HR, we're seeing a distinct separation now between strategic and tactical. I still love the tactical stuff, but I can't be strategic if I don't understand the business of my client. I right. have to understand what brings in the revenue. I have to get that. And if there are any budding HR professionals listening to us today, my encouragement to them is learn the business, understand a P&L statement, understand what drives the revenue of the company and what impacts the revenue of the company so that you can best feel the pain of your people so that you can understand when I'm not properly staffed, this is the ripple effect to our customers or to our stakeholders. We have to understand that to become better recruiters, better HR professionals, 
better service people for our employees who are our customers. So you, you talk a lot about, uh, well, it's actually the part, subtitle of your book, the drama-free HR. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I mean, that's, that's sort of a, an, an ambitious goal, I guess, to have HR <laughs> <laughs> drama-free. Well, we so. just absorb the drama. I want you to run your business. I'll take over the drama. Yeah. <laughs> So, so how do you, how do you get there? I mean, what what are some of the steps? Uh, maybe maybe the job description that we're going to talk about shortly. We're going to take a break in a minute or so. But okay. um, what how do how do we get? I mean, what are some of the the steps you, you someone has to take to get that drama free HR? I'm I'm going to tell you really. If you do nothing else, I want you to fall back on the job description for a lot of reasons. But if for nothing else, for the clarity that it gives everybody, drama results when there is a difference of opinion or a clash of understanding or expectations not being met. That's what causes drama. So if we can address that before it even happens, then if it starts to bubble up, we have something to fall back on and say, hey, remember when we did this, we agreed on XYZ. So help me understand why XYZ is a problem now. So we can actually cut off the drama before it becomes out of hand. Perfect. And and that leads up to a great segue. So we're going to take a a quick break, though. Uh, You're listening to the Geek Skeezers and Googleization show with our guest, Karen Young. And when we come back, we're going to be talking about the job descriptions, because that seems to be at the core of having a drama-free HR. Uh, We're talking about HR in the workplace, the future of uh, HR, future of work. Uh, We're going to take a short break, hear from our sponsors, Jobvite and Success Performance Solutions. Stay right where you are. We'll be back in two minutes. Behind everything you're searching for is something you're actually looking for. When you search with the real yellow pages, you get more than a contractor. You get a whole new curb appeal. It's not just getting directions to a dry cleaner with YP.com. It's rescuing an old favorite from the back of the closet. And it's more than finding a locksmith with YP.com on your mobile. It's getting to sleep in your own bed. Whatever it might be, there are more ways to search and more ways to find exactly what you're looking for with the real yellow pages, YP.com, and YP.com on your mobile, only from AT&T. What's up, everyone? This is Keith from the Geek Skeezers and Googleization Show, powered by Jobvite. Jobvite knows career paths are made by people, not by open job requisitions. Jobvite's platform ties recruitment marketing directly to applicant tracking and onboarding, creating continuous candidate engagement that effectively connects recruiters with qualified passive candidates. Used by over 50,000 recruiters placing over 1 million jobs, Jobvite's platform impacts every company in every industry. Check us out at jobvite.com. Listen carefully. Up to 9 out of 10 job candidates visiting your company career page leave before completing an application. You heard that right. 90% of candidates who want to apply for a job at your company don't. That's just plain crazy, especially in today's tight labor market. Candidate experience matters. Stop turning candidates away. Let Success Performance Solutions help. Call us at 800-803-4303 or register at SuccessPerformanceSolutions.com slash W4CY. Schedule a no-obligation consultation and get special access to insider tips to recruit faster and hire smarter. 
Hey, welcome back to the Geek Skeezers and Googleization Show. I'm your host, Ira Wolf, here with Keith today, Keith Compagna, uh, my co-host, and our very special guest, Karen Young from HR Resolutions. Hey, when we left off, we were going to lead into the job description, but we, we got onto a little topic during our quick <laughs> break here uh, about uh, how HR uh, really needs to become, uh, I guess, more business savvy. Is that, you know, at a minimum? (laughs) So, you know, and and in order to get to, to, you know, I mean, I I don't know how long. I mean, I've been, I've had this business 24 years. I never intended to be in the HR space, but for the last uh, almost 20, I have been, I guess. Uh, And, but ever since then, ever since I've been following HR, you know, they've been trying to get the strategic seat at the the table. And yet uh, all of us agreed, you know, we we hear from people, uh, a lot of the people that we deal with, the HR professionals are good people. They're nice people. They work hard. Um, But it's like, you know, I'm just not good at math. I'm just not good with numbers. (laughs) And and yet, uh, you know, it's the only function within companies that you it can't get away with it, but they try to. Right. Or I want to implement this new applicant tracking system, but my boss says no. Well, did you help them understand how much time, effort, energy, and money you will save by implementing that? But he says that's what he's paying you for. Right. (laughs) You know, if I I have an applicant tracking system, then I probably don't need you. Yeah, no, <laughs> not quite. Oh, you <laughs> so, or whatever me. it is. <laughs> yeah, Somebody whatever. has to talk to the candidate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, we, we can spend all day on that. We'll talk. Hopefully, we'll have oh, a little time at the end to get to the, the future okay. of that. But we talked about yeah. the backbone. I mean, you know, how, you know, I, I asked you the question, how do we have drama-free HR? Right. And you said, you know, the job description. And that, right. that honestly, to me, would have been the farthest the farthest thing from the, the first response. So, tell, you know, tell us about it. Why Why is the job description so, um, I, I will say, so dreaded? Uh, and I, I've used that term before. I mean, people, people, can you write me a job description, stick it in the folder, put it on a hard drive? And, you know, the only time it's ever seen is when you're going to fire somebody or when we have to post the job. <laughs> right. Well, and you did call it the dreaded job description, but in my book, I refer to it as actually the hub of the wheel, the job description, and then we've got all these spokes coming off of the job description. So if you didn't have a hub, the whole wheel would collapse in on itself. But with this hub, we've got the spoke of um, recruiting and selection. Well, how do we recruit and select if we don't know what we're looking for, if we don't know what skills they need to have, if we don't know what tasks they're going to do? Um, onboarding expectations one of the biggest reasons people leave jobs is because the the unmet expectations well if we've got that job description to talk about in the recruiting in the onboarding process in the coaching and mentoring phase of the relationship with the employees it can be used for discipline Um, a big area it can and should be used is in you know in medical issues or workers' compensation issues by demonstrating this is what the individual needs to be able to do. I have to have them do, and a lot of people have heard the phrase, essential functions. So those are the things that that's why the position exists. There might be a lot of other tasks that go along with the position, but the position exists for these essential functions. And as an employer, that's what we need so that we can demonstrate, well, this person 
can come back to work or they can't come back to work. I can't survive if these essential functions aren't done. So it literally serves as the hub of the wheel. And when we're talking about drama-free, as we went into the commercial, I was talking about if we have crystal clear expectations between the employee or the candidate or the recruit and the employer, when things start to go astray, we have something that we can quickly turn back to and say, hey, Ira, do you remember when we developed and talked about your responsibilities when you came on board? I want to revisit that conversation and perhaps refresh, and we can get back on track with our mutual expectations of each other. So it really does help mitigate and reduce the drama. Drama is going to flare. Anytime you put two people together, there are going to be differences of opinion. But when we have this document in place that we can refer to, that helps us work through it. And then my favorite, favorite bullet point on a job description is all other duties as assigned so that no one can ever (laughs) say, but that's not in my job description. Because yes, it is. It's right there on that point. (laughs) Right. So Karen, I mean, and I, I, you know, I used to do a workshop on this of of helping people, uh, and I've never said I've written the job description, but, uh, Mm -hmm. but helping identify the core part of that. You said, if if you can identify the skills that, that, what are the essential skills? What are the essential requirements that people have? And if you just go look at job, um, job listings, they're horrible. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's like this laundry list. And I see this all the time and I'll say, well, what do you, you know, people call me, you know, the the core part of my business is testing. So the first question I have is, what do you want to learn from the test? And they'll come back and there'll be this laundry list, uh, motivation, energy, um, you know, persistent, conscientious, honest. And there's this laundry list of, of that they've identified as essential. And maybe they are. Some of them are difficult to manage. Uh, some of them are just crazy. <laughs> it's like everybody got together and said, "Let's let's make a lawn, you know, let's make a a, a li- grocery shopping. Let's make a list of anything you can possibly think of for the Super Bowl <laughs> party, and and bring it. You know, whatever you bring is fine, just as long as we have a Perfect. list. You know, and right. that's so. How do you, you know, w- what's your process? I mean, how do you get companies to focus on on the skills? Um, you know, and I know job analysis is out there. Uh, but, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, if companies have to do that for every job, it just doesn't get done. I actually so, try to simplify it for them by, A, I limit the list of competencies or soft skills that I provide them. <laughs> and then I try to get them to – there are two different types, as as I know you both know. There are the the company value type where everybody that comes to play at the company has to demonstrate. Um, one of ours is HR is fun. Everybody in our company, no matter the position, has to get that or they won't be successful. So I try to narrow it to three of those company-wide skills and then three per job skills. And if you look at the jobs within, I, I always use us as an example. From a strategic standpoint, I need to look at the big picture. But our safety guy needs to look at the details. I, I can look at the details, but I go absolutely nuts. It just like it, I get very bored with it, and it's time to move on to the next squirrel that has come along. Um, <laughs> and he goes crazy having to look at just the big picture. So those are that's kind of how I try to explain the difference between the company skills and then the per job skills. 
And I limit that also to three. So at the maximum, I'm looking at maybe six soft skills or competencies on a job description. And I found that that really helps people to narrow it down that way. Yeah, and, well, and you and I are on the same page. I mean, I, we used, mm-hmm. I, I've used a couple different competency models. Uh, you know, Lominger, which I, I still think is one of the mm-hmm. best ones. Um, you know, we used we used one from Janus. I use the Assess often, and I like the Assess mm-hmm. because it's pretty concise. It's down to thirty-eight. Um, and then you have to, you know, then, I mean, so part of it is even given somebody 38 competencies, it's, I would say that the average, when I say pick the ones that you think are most important and I get 25, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, uh, <laughs> and then it's a process of narrowing that down to the next level. Uh, or we right. have, um, you know, for some of the associate positions, we have, uh, our, our system, we actually have 130 validated scales of traits and, wow and personality traits and, and skills, you know, math skill. So people want math skills and attention to detail and conscientious. Mm-hmm. And fortunately, the system has a maximum of 10. <laughs> so, okay. um, but th- then we get into the factor of it's not very friendly because that takes somebody half hour, 45 minutes to complete, you know. So, right. so the whole process now is, you know, helping companies, which which ties back into your job description. We're sort of, you know, I'm sort of yeah. we're all over the board. So if you can narrow right. it down to, if you can narrow it down to three to six, then mm-hmm. you can have a pretty concise pre-employment assessment or or or, or screening questions, even if it's not a formal assessment, um, screening questions to focus on to qualify or disqualify people. Right, and when it comes to the essential functions, one of the things that I use with employers is think of it like you're writing a job description. You're not writing the procedure manual. If you say push the first button on the phone when it lights up, that's a procedure manual. But if I say respond to incoming calls, that's completely different. That's what you're looking for with the essential functions, kind of these broad paintbrush strokes of the responsibility. Why does the job exist? The job doesn't exist to push the first button when it lights up. The job exists to answer the phone, if that makes any sense at all. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. And then, so. yeah, and then the last important piece are what they call the physical and work environment. So if you're going to have job descriptions, in order to comply with the Americans with Disabilities Act as amended, you have to have these physical and work environment statements. And a lot of people say, oh, my gosh, they're so difficult. They're really not. If you have inside and outside positions or if you have office positions and, and manufacturing positions, you're pretty much going to have only two different work and physical environments. And you just write a paragraph or two that describes what they'll be exposed to in the normal working day. Mine is you know, sitting here looking out the window at the whiteout because the snow's blowing so hard. Um, but sitting at a desk for an eight-hour period of time. That's an example of the things they're looking at for that. And that's so that we can reinforce and back up those essential functions that we've selected. So, Ken, hey, we're going to take another quick break here. You're listening to the Geek Skeezers and Geek, I can't talk. Geeks, Geezers, and Googleization Show. Uh, we're here with Karen Young, HR Resolutions. We're talking about the job descriptions. And when we come back, uh, we're going to I'm going to ask Karen how you know what's the first step um, that a company can do. How long does it take to do these? Um, and uh, we'll we'll uh, we got a couple other things I want to talk about the future of work as well. So. Stay tuned. We will be right back with Ira Keith and Karen. 
YP.com website is your local search engine. If you're looking for a good restaurant, it can help you find the right one nearby with ratings and reviews. Or if your car breaks down, you can use the YP app to find the closest repair shop. Or maybe you're just looking for something to do on a Friday night. Well, it has great local coupons for all sorts of things in your area. No matter what, when, or where, if you're looking for something, YP Local Search can help you find it. So go to YP.com or download the app to search local, find local, and save local. What's up, everyone? This is Keith from the Geek, Skeezers, and Googleization Show, powered by Jobvite. Jobvite knows career paths are made by people, not by open job requisitions. Jobvite's platform ties recruitment marketing directly to applicant tracking and onboarding, creating continuous candidate engagement that effectively connects recruiters with qualified passive candidates. Used by over 50,000 recruiters placing over 1 million jobs, Jobvite's platform impacts every company in every industry. Check us out at jobvite.com. Listen carefully. Up to 9 out of 10 job candidates visiting your company career page leave before completing an application. You heard that right. 90% of candidates who want to apply for a job at your company don't. That's just plain crazy, especially in today's tight labor market. Candidate experience matters. Stop turning candidates away. Let Success Performance Solutions help. Call us at 800-803-4303 or register at successperformancesolutions.com slash W4CY. Schedule a no-obligation consultation and get special access to insider tips to recruit faster and hire smarter. Hey, welcome back to the Geek Skeezers and Googleization show. I'm your host, Ira Wolf, and I'm with Keith Campagna, my co-host, and our guest, Karen Young from HR Resolutions. When we left off, we were talking about the job description. Karen was kind of gave us an overview of, of why uh, of, of that it's the hub of uh, the business, really. I mean, it's a hub of HR, and, and it leads to so many things. So, But, Karen, I, I got a question. I mean, because I've been doing this for a while, too, and we have a very similar approach. Um, you know, somebody says, uh, you know, you talked – we were talking at the break that you work with a lot of distributors, manufacturers, mm-hmm. professional services. They may have 15, 20, 50 jobs. Um, mm-hmm. How – you know, what's the process? I mean, I, I can hear that kind of collective sigh, you know, <laughs> of somebody says, oh, we got to spend all this time doing job descriptions. Um, how do you make it work? I mean, how do you do it concise? It's so much easier than people think. Um, I like to get the employees involved in it for for two reasons. Number one, it gets nobody knows the job better than the employee, and then number two, it makes them feel of value to the company and kind of engaged in the process. So it is important to get their input, and then get the supervisors involved as well easy process is you have each of them sit down separately and just write out a list. Here's what I do. This is what I do every day or every week. And these are the things that I do once in a while. And then the employee and the supervisor take their list and they combine it. And I'll bet you 95% is going to be a match. And then there will be some issues that, oh, I didn't know you did that. Why do you do that? Susie should be doing that. So we move that over to Susie and make Harry more efficient in the process and get Susie more involved and, you know, more hours. So she's, you know, 
she's earning her 40 hours now instead of making work. Uh, it can be that simple. So, just so have you ever, and just doing a dump. Hmm. yeah. So ha- have you ever gotten customers involved oh, absolutely. In, in that process, to, to, which, which yeah. is interesting. I remember doing that for a customer service. I, I can't remember the position, but I think it was customer service or call center or something mm-hmm. like that and said, why don't you involve customers in this process to see what they think this person's supposed to do? Absolutely. And particularly <laughs> when it comes to the, to the softer skills or those competencies, you know, having the customer say, this is, this is what I, when I call HR resolutions, this is what I expect. This is how I expect to be treated. It doesn't matter who I speak to. Anybody that answers the phone, this is my expectation. So it can help with that aspect as well. I, I don't know where I pulled this from this morning. It might have been from um, Jeff Gotthild, uh, one of his articles or somewhere else. But um, I guess one of, yeah, it was him. And he said he went into um, one of the companies and their their approach was when they realized things were out of sync. Uh, and again, this ties in job descriptions with strategy and growth. They re-interviewed every employee in the company and they had 3,500 mm-hmm. employees. They re-interviewed wow. and they said, how many would you rehire? That was the first question. Okay. <laughs> the second was that they found that 40% of the people that were on the payroll um, either moved to new jobs because they were mm-hmm. a better fit, just as you were you were saying. Oh, I didn't realize mm-hmm. you did this, and this is oh this this is really a different job than what we thought it was. Um, but a lot of people left because they really didn't fit. They were just picking up a paycheck. Mm-hmm. Uh, so mm-hmm. this so this whole idea of turning rather than just hey it's a an hr task let's re we need mm-hmm. to rewrite our job descriptions becomes a strategic move it becomes a work development a workforce development process right. of how do we right. manage everybody and i don't want people to get hung up on titles either um particularly oh, yeah. in in <laughs> smaller companies when we've all got so many hats to wear i want you hung up on competencies if you've got somebody that brings value to your company but they may not be good at attaching purchase orders to invoices or well, find somebody that can do that and then let this person answer the phones and be involved with customers. We don't have to get hung up on the title when it right, comes to right, doing right, right. it. We want well, hung up on who's moving our company forward. And Karen, speaking of moving the company forward, since the theme here is the future of work, and we know that the C-level uh, personnel inside of every organization is doing their best to, to, to look around the corner, and it's hard for any one manager internally to get someone's attention at a C-level anymore, what would you say are some good ideas for that HR leader who's trying to get the message in front of their CEO or their CFO? Uh, what makes the biggest impact so that they can start maybe for those listening to the podcast today, um, they could start dotting their eyes and crossing their T's to do so. And, and Keith, that's a great question. One of the first things, and, and I do a presentation on being heard at the top. And nice. one of the first things we need to realize is how does that C-suite person what is, what's their communication style? And I'll use a CFO because they're just the simplest ones because we automatically say, oh, they're a numbers person. So they are generally driven by data. They're worried about the data of the company. They're worried about the numbers. 
So as an HR person who I'm a very people person, but that doesn't matter because not that the CFO doesn't care about people because he or she does. What they care about is numbers. So if I want to get something through or if I want to get that individual's attention, I have to talk to them in the way they hear. They are hearing and looking at numbers. So I need to go prepared with statistics and data. I want to implement this new program. The testing period will be for three months. The initial cost will be X. I will take that out of this portion of my budget, which can be replaced by that. And really mm -hmm. taking a look at numbers crunching. They will look at you. They will be so proud of you because they may have heard you for the first time when you go to them in that manner. And they'll be much more likely to follow through with and for you. Now, they right. might ask you some data questions, and there's no harm in saying, you know what, Keith, I don't know that right now. I will get that answer for you. Right. But really having that concept of, uh, of speaking on their terms, whether that be from yes. finance or even from the, the CEO's position. How do we right. grow the company, right? Yeah. Very nice. Very nice. So, Karen, I'm going to be the party pooper here because we, uh, we've we got about four minutes left. Uh, I told you this goes fast, uh, we, and we covered a lot. But I want to make sure that uh, anybody who has a question, um, you know, who if they happen to be that accidental HR manager or if they're seeking to have drama-free HR, uh, what's the best way to get a hold of you? Probably the best way, actually, is email, and that is Karen, K-A-R-E-N, at H R resolutions.com make sure you and get the two r's in there right <laughs> i know don't forget the two r's yeah. and resolutions is plural <laughs> nice. so, and i'm sorry you said um you're gonna say your website or your phone was it the website is www.hrresolutions.com there again two r's in plural and your book, Stop Knocking on My Door, is up on Amazon, I believe. Amazon, yeah. Amazon yes. Yeah, yeah, the universal place. That's that's great. I know. Hey, I really, yeah, 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 well, literally, yeah, it is everything. Soon banking. Your banking is going to be there, too. Uh, <laughs> we'll talk. Yeah, well, it is. Amazon is going to be the one-stop shop for almost everything. Um, Karen, you got like a minute. Um Final words of wisdom. What what do you want to what do you want to tell our listeners? From an HR standpoint, I always like to tell people use common sense. And when it comes to the job description, sit down, talk to your people, have a conversation. What do you do? What do you like to do? Don't be afraid if they tell you that they like to do things that aren't in their job description. But your job, when looking to the future is to find things within your organization that matches with what they like to do because then you'll have a more engaged employee. Super. Hey, and real quick, I always ask this question. You had like a 30-second answer, first thing that comes to your mind. Um, if we have you, you know, we'd love to have you back. I mean, obviously, there's a whole lot of other things. If, if next year this time or in the last Wednesday in January, we're talking to you again, what's changed? What, what's the big headline for 2019? <laughs> we can't find people anywhere. <laughs> We're finding people. Yeah, that's we're good finding news for, people now. Good news for you and me, Keith. Yes, <laughs> so, indeed. Right. I don't want to pop any but we already—I already knew that one, Karen. Yeah, yeah. We'll have to, 
<laughs> give you more time to think just about confir- it. Confirmation is good, though. <laughs> hey, appreciate it, Karen. Hey, you've been you're listening hey, to the Excuses and Googleization Show. We've been with our uh, guest. Uh, Karen Young from HR Resolutions. Make sure you pick up a copy of her book at uh, um, on Amazon. Um, and um, you know, again, if you're one of those accidental HR managers, or if you've got a pretty sophisticated HR department, uh, Karen's a good person to know and and uh, keep things um, keep things going. Uh, Keith, any final thoughts, words? Well, first and foremost, Karen, it's a pleasure talking with you, and uh, congratulations on your success. I think in within a year, you're going to be coming up on your 15th anniversary, so kudos to you. Uh, and I, I just think that this is something that is, is you know, to go with the whole hub and, and wheel metaphor here. I think it's just another cog in the HR machine that's creating awareness, Ira, that HR mm-hmm. needs to, you know, get out of that old mindset. And really dive in. Be fearless. Know that you can make mistakes and learn from them. But you have to get out of your comfort zone in HR. You have to get out from behind your desk. And as Karen said, get out on the floor. Get out into the real world and find out what people are thinking versus what the policies and procedures say and the guidelines. Absolutely. And uh, Karen, thanks for a great show, great conversation. Uh, you took this in a direction I didn't think it would go, but uh, which is good. <laughs> that, that's what we wanted. Uh, and, that's uh, what hopefully- I do. <laughs> Yeah, hope for our listeners got a lot out of it. Uh, we'll be back next week uh, with David Searns from the uh, Haley Marketing Group. Um, have a lot of fun there. We're going to be talking about uh, how recruitment marketing is uh, is kind of the top agenda for many companies in 2019. And the following week, we've got uh, uh, Venkat Jiraparty, uh or Jarapati. Uh, from uh, Jobiac, and we're going to be talking about Google for Jobs. You've been listening to the Geek Skeezers and Googleization Show. We bring you topics and thought leaders discussing a future of work where the tired, the wired, and technology converge. Until next week and every Wednesday, 1 p.m. Eastern Time, W4CY.com, and on iHeartRadio, iTunes, and a number of other uh, podcast platforms. This is your host, Ira Wolf, co-host Keith Compagna. Don't let the shift Hit your plans.